Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Today, we have the amazing honor and the mamishchus to be here with Rabbi Yaakov Rachimi. Rachimi, we're going to have an amazing to- topic and schedule for you guys uh, about believing in yourself, self-esteem, growth, uh, accomplishing what you do not foresee possible. Uh, me and the rabbi have been talking for quite some time about making this happen. The rabbi came in from Lakewood special for the podcast so thank you so much for that and you want to introduce yourself hello everybody and thank you jonathan for having me uh, it's a pleasure we went back and forth about this for a long time so finally we met um baruch hashem the last couple of years we've met many 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 people in many uh, different states and what i've noticed the most from what i saw is the people are lacking self-esteem which i don't know why because if you're born jewish and Hashem chose you to be part of the chosen people, and Hashem gave you the Torah, that means already you won the lottery, because how many people are born every single day, every five years, every 10 years, every 100 years, and then you were chosen out of all human beings to be born to be Jewish. So that means you already won the lottery, which the chances are not so big. So not to have a self-esteem, and not to be confident in knowing what it means to be a Jew and to be a Yid, is lacking a lot right now in our generation, which uh, pains me a lot and it pains uh, many other rabbis a lot. So we try our best to bring out the message, what it means to be a Jew, how powerful it means to be a Jew, how much value you have. Because the more value you have, the less a person is going to sin. The more you understand how much Hashem uh, expects of you and loves you and demands from you to be good, the more good you're going to be. If you have a boss in a business that believes in you, you will succeed. If you have a boss that tells you how bad you are and I don't like you, you're probably going to quit or get fired. Hashem is our boss. He hired us in the business in this world to do Torah and mitzvot. But the biggest deal is he believes in every single Jew and he believes that every single Yudi will succeed. So as long as you're alive, that means Hashem believes in you to succeed. That's what self-esteem is extremely important. Not because it's a fairy tale. Because it's a reality. The reality is it's based on science. If you are born Jewish, you should have a very high self-esteem because Hashem chose you to be His ambassadors in this world. So before you elaborate on what all that means in depth, I want to ask a question. From my own personal experience and from my gathered uh, opinions of people, people feel their self-esteem deteriorates when they make bad decisions for themselves. I like to say... That building self-esteem is making a decision now for the future version of you. Many times people fall into all different types of problems, ways to ease the pain, temporary satisfaction versus long-term fulfillment, things of that nature. So how is it possible to not, well, rather, is it possible to not take away from your self-esteem if you're making bad decisions for yourself? Meaning I can be in a sin and I can be doing things and proactively going and doing bad things, but... How can I maintain my self-esteem if I don't feel good about myself? Beautiful question. That's a million-dollar question. And it's funny because so many svarim, so many holy books discuss this question for thousands of years. They discuss exactly this thing. How does a person have self-esteem if he sins? How does a person have self-esteem if they feel that they're doing wrong and they made bad decisions? The answer is, whether you like it or not, or whether people like if you say this or not, the reality is it's part of the game. It's part of the plan. Part of the plan when Hashem created the world is that a person will sin. Now, we have the power not to sin, but to say a person is never going to sin or to say failure is not part of the system to fail, that is not true. Part of the system to succeed is to fail. And that's how Hashem made it in this world. That's we created the Yetzirah. Why did Hashem create the evil inclination in the first place? Because He knows that He's going to beat us to a certain extent, but He wants to see us fight. That the In Judaism, you know, in a school... We used to beg to get an A for effort. You can study as much as you want. Stay up the whole night studying for the homework. If you're not going to pass the test and written on the paper, you're not getting an A. If you failed, you're getting an F. But we used to beg, please give us an A for effort. But in the real world, it doesn't work like that. You don't get marked for your effort. In Judaism, in Hashem's world, and that's the world that counts, it's all about the effort. The more effort you put into something, the more you fight, the more you battle the Yetzirah, and you don't let them take you down. Even though you sin many times, and even though you fell, let's say, in the morning, or fell yesterday, when you get back up and you tell the Yetzirah, no, I'm still going to fight you, and you're still battling the Yetzirah, that is what Hashem is looking for. Now, if a person has that mindset, and always battling the Yetzirah, never putting his weapons down, that person will become a tzaddik. He'll become a righteous person. 
What the Yetzirah does, and this is a famous trick that he does, is that he depresses a person. He tells him, you already made bad decisions. You already sinned. There's no chance of you growing. That is a mistake. The opposite, if, God forbid, somebody sins, it should never happen. But that person should know, you actually have an opportunity to prove to Hashem that although I sinned, and even though I feel far away from you, I love you so much, I'm going to pick myself up to get close to you. And that Hashem rewards a person for. Hashem wants to see the battles. He wants to see us going against the Yetzirah and having a strong self-esteem. Hashem wants to see the effort. You get an A for effort. But more than that, you will succeed. You're going to overcome the sin and not do it at all if you believe in yourself and you keep on fighting. So in Judaism, the answer is Jonathan. It's the opposite. It's true. When you make bad decisions, that's when you pick yourself up and that's when you start succeeding. So to take a step back from that, when a person is feeling down and he doesn't feel inspired or motivated to do good and he wants to stay strong, do you think it's healthy to focus on what you're doing as opposed to how you're feeling? Meaning what I'm doing now is Hashem, I don't feel a connection. I feel down, I feel far away from you. I feel distant, but I want to... I want to put in my head to focus on what I'm doing, which is I'm not sinning. I'm staying away. I'm trying to grow. I'm doing my best. Is that like a good approach? That's a beautiful question. By the way, you're on the ball with the questions. <laughs> Very good. No, you really are. The answer is that the Musa's farm literally said what you just said. Even though feelings make a big difference, there's no question about it. How do you feel? Well, you, by doing. People are numb. By doing. It's a very good question. For example, I'll tell you, someone asked me a question the other day. He says, Rabbi, I don't feel like learning Torah. So I told him, I don't understand something. For some reason, learning Torah became almost like uh, whenever you're in the mood. Like, let's say you're in the mood of pizza. You go to a pizza store, you get pizza. Torah is not like that. Torah is, you got you to gotta learn Torah every day. There's a halacha. There's a law. You got to learn every day. Imagine a guy one day says, I want to eat bread. I want to have lechem. But I'm not in the mood of washing my hands doing into that time. I'm not in the mood of saying brikata mazon. Buddy, it doesn't work like that. There's halacha, whether you're depressed or whether you're very sad or whether you're very happy. The halacha is you don't eat bread until you wash your hands. It doesn't matter what type of mood you're in. Halacha, law is law. So too when it comes to Torah. There's a law. You got to learn every day. Now, why did Hashem make it like that? If someone is not in the mood of learning, why should he learn? The answer is when you learn. Especially, by the way, when you're not in the mood and you still learn, that will give you happiness. And who said that the formula to happiness is listening to the Torah, although it's hard? Not me. No rabbis in the world said that. God himself, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who created all the enjoyments in the world, is telling us, can you imagine? It's an unbelievable mindset. Hashem created all the enjoyments in the world. And he's telling us that the ultimate best enjoyment, and you can count on him, on Hashem, because he created everything. He's telling us the ultimate fun and enjoyment will come when you actually listen to the laws of the Torah. The enjoyment, the fun will come. The happiness will be there. But one has the bechira, the choice, whether he would trust Hashem or not. If a person trusts God, then even though it's hard, keep on doing the right thing. Torah and mitzvot, you will see happiness. You're going to feel good about yourself. I'll tell you a story about myself when I was younger. I was around 17 years old, 18 years old. And that was the time where we started becoming more and more religious because I grew up not religious till sixth grade. And then after we started learning a little bit. Um, and then 16, 17 is when I really turned like to the right instead of learning more and more and more Torah Baruch Hashem. So at that age, like 17, 18, I wasn't sure with myself what I'm doing, which yeshiva should I go to. One of my rabbis put me in a certain yeshiva. I was miserable the first couple of months there. Literally, I wanted to go home. I would cry for my mommy. I would call all the time. Even though it's embarrassing saying it, but I would call all the time. I want to come home. I want to come home. I went to my rabbi in Lakewood. And he told me, Yaakov, let me tell you the rule of life and how true, how real it was. He says, if you're learning, you're going to be happy. If you're learning, you will be happy. If you're not learning, you're not going to be happy. I told him, but I can't learn. I don't want to be there. He says, no, 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 no. If you learn, no matter where you are in the world, I'm telling you, you're going to be happy in that place. And I listened to him. And then I finished my first Masechet, Masechet Ketubot. I sat there and I really learned. I had... I needed people to really help me read the Gemara. I did not know how to read Gemara. I did not know how to read Rashi. And I had rabbis teaching me, like, for a few hours, how to read Gemara, how to read Rashi. And I made my first siyum. And I was in the yeshiva for five, six years. And I did not want to leave, exactly like the rabbi said. When a person does the right thing, and you listen to Hashem, even at the moment you don't realize it, but trust Hashem, He knows what He's talking about. The reality is you're going to be happy. 
and I could testify it happened to me. I was literally miserable. I wanted to leave the place. But when I sat and learned and focused on my learning, not my surroundings, not who my friends are, not what type of room I'm sleeping in, or what type of bet midrashim in, or which location, which city, what type of food, sit and learn. When I focused on my learning, I was so happy. I did not want to leave the building. I was there for five or six years. I'm about to ask you a loaded question. And the response I want you to give me be a personal response. I want you to give me a response that is both informative and flipping a light switch. I'm going to explain what flipping a light switch means. I think personally, I've been manifesting a lot of things and I think everybody does. So sometimes we have a certain experience and then we learn something new and we come back to this experience and we flip it from bad to good. So you said that there's an importance for a person to learn Torah. Right. I want you to give me an informative answer in the lab and emphasize why is it important to learn Torah? And number two, to someone who has a distaste in his or her mouth from learning, turned off from a certain representative of Judaism, which is not God himself, or maybe something in their childhood, whatever it may be, a lot of people have a distaste in their mouth and they have a bad feeling towards uh, Torah. And it, it comes down to a value game. These are my values. I'm Jewish. I have to do it. No, I, wanna, I want people to understand why they need to learn, why it's important to learn, and how to turn that distaste into a sweet taste. Beautiful question. Beautiful question, brother. Very a lot good. of questions for You're you. Very good. That's very good. Uh, why do you got to learn Torah? That's a very good question. The answer is this. First of all, there's no greater happiness in the world no greater happiness than connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to God Himself. What does that mean more? More. What does it mean more? It okay. means you're connecting to the let's, let's creator think. of the world. Let's think about it for a second. Some people don't know what that means. They grew up in yeshiva their whole life. Learn, it's learn. true, by the way. Kovai team, morning and night. 60,000 mitzvot per hour. Taryag mitzvot. But what does that really mean? It means if I open up this book right here and I start reading for a couple minutes, that means I'm mekayem all the mitzvot. I'm mekayem tefillin and uh, tzitzit and I don't know, peter chamor, random mitzvot. You're, you're, you're mekayem everything in that moment. What does that mean? Yes, Talmud Kulam, but you see, Jonathan, it's not about the mitzvah. It's not about counting the mitzvot. It's about the relationship with the Kadosh Baruch Hu. When we pray, Hashem listens to us. When we learn, we listen to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When we daven, He listens. When we learn, we listen to what He has to say. Hashem, listen, there's only one... Through the rabbi's mouth. Through the Torah. Which is the, the rabbi's Torah. mouth. Rabbis happen to be... Oral Torah. Messengers of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Of the Torah. But Torah is Hashem. Which is why, by the way, sometimes I meet people, and they tell me that the reason why they have a bad taste for Judaism is because they know this rabbi... That was officially a big rabbi, and then he did some horrible things. I tell him, I don't understand something. You base your whole Judaism, the beauty of Hashem, the beauty of Sheshet Bereshit, Moshe Rabbeinu, the Torah Dusha, all the Gemarot, the Talmud You're basing all those beautiful things on one person, on one rabbi? That shouldn't be it. Your relationship with God is your relationship with the Kadosh Baruch Hu. It happens to be that there are teachers. It happens to be that the others are teaching Torah. They're, they're bringing over the Torah Shabbat Peh. But the main thing is for a person to build a personal relationship with the Kadosh Baruch Hu. So why is it important to learn Torah? Because if a person wants to have a, ultimately is to be happy and to be calm and to be content, Hashem made it naturally in the world. He made it scientifically in the world. The one who connects to God, which is by doing the right thing, will be happy and calm. You're never going to find any person that really learns Torah on their deathbed after 120. If you go ask them a question, do you regret learning Torah? You're never going to find anybody saying they regret learning Torah. But you're going to find many people who will tell you that because they did not learn Torah properly and keep Shabbat properly, they regret not doing it. All the pleasures, you said before, the instant pleasures, all the pleasures that they gave in, that they switched, instead of learning Torah, they went to different clubs, and they went to different parties, and instead of learning Torah, they did all the different things. All the pleasure that they gave in for Torah, they regret at the moment of truth. Because the real happiness is when a person does emet. That's what Hashem made in the world. Whoever connects to truth will be happy. And there's only one truth. There's only one everlasting thing, and that is the Kaddish Baruch Hu Hashem. So why is it important to learn Torah? Because every person, the main drive, like the Misat HaShirim says, the main drive of life is enjoyment. Why do people work? Because they want to make money. Why do you want to make money? Because you want to buy things to enjoy life. The, that's when communist countries, where if you work, you hardly make money, nobody works. Because if you're not going to work and make tons of money, then you can't get enjoyment, so everybody stops working. 
which is why in America people want to work, because when you work, you make money, and then you can buy things you want to enjoy life. The ultimate drive in life to work and to hustle is always enjoyment. And Hashem is telling you that the real enjoyment will come when you follow the Torah. That's why a person wants to learn, for that reason. Now, for somebody who has chasa shalom, a bad taste, let's say, or whatever experiences they had, it's I can sit there and explain to you for hours why it's a wrong mindset, but to say in a nutshell, why waste your life? Why not give yourself a chance to enjoy life? Judaism is real. Torah is real. Don't let one person or people that you know, don't let them kidnap and intercept the beauty of Torah and Mitzvot away from you because you're going to lose out more than anybody else. So should one validate what he went through, he or she went through, and say, I did it, it's okay, clean paper? What do you mean? And the, like, like the avilot to say? Yeah, connected to more of the low self-esteem question, meaning like I, I did mistakes in the past. I went to the clubs. I made mistakes. Right. Whatever I did. But okay. No, no. Time to move on. Good question. The answer is it's very important to validate it. Yes, validate meaning to accept that it happened. When a person is in denial, that's a problem. It's very important to accept if a person sinned. It's very important not to make believe you didn't sin. It's important to accept that that person did sin and Hashem knows about it. However, you got to be honest with God. What does it mean to be honest? Hashem, I sinned. But deep inside, I don't really want to do the sin. I want to be close to you. But the Yetzirah overcame me. And Hashem, I want to get close to you. But sometimes... People think that denying and making believe as if they did not sin will help them out. It's not going to help them out. The way, you know, the, the, the Chachamim say, we were, we were born not perfect. In order to become perfect, you have to know how imperfect you are in the first place. It's very important for a person to recognize his faults in order to succeed and to stick to the positive things that they have. So let's say someone has zero self-esteem, zero belief in him or herself. How do you change that? I know it's a very like ground floor question and it's very broad, but I see so many times people, boy or girl, doesn't matter if they're in their 20s, they're in their 30s, 40s, late in life, people do not believe that they can make a change. People do not believe that they're capable of doing things, of accomplishing things. People don't realize that they... It's just a shift in your mindset. Meaning, if I if I think I if I don't if I have a flawed mindset and I believe that I believe like a portion of myself, like I believe twenty percent of my of my potential is true, but I don't believe in the hundred percent. So I will make decisions now. The person I marry, the job that I pick, the place I live, because because I don't see more for myself. So. It's so important to change all of that because you're going to have a whole different life based on those critical decisions that you make depending on where you're at in that certain point in time. You can marry someone who can understand why you're depressed and sad and anxious and you'll get along with them and build a relationship. But the, the second you marry that person, you realize this person is like a, like a bad version of me. Right. They, they don't have simchat chaim. So going back to the original question, how does a person really erase the past completely, erase the childhood trauma, erase the religious trauma, start a clean page, wake up in the morning with the mindset of I can and I will. Beautiful, beautiful question. So first of all, listen, I'm not, I'm not um, uh, obviously there, there are different types of traumas and I'm not a, a therapist, you know, but uh, the truth is the Torah tells, tells us exactly how to deal with such things. Question is how much the person really believes in the Torah. But the Torah says clearly. It does tell us. Yes, Torah clearly. All the therapy stuff, you should just know. That was a rule for everybody to know. All these therapy things, if a person delves in the Torah, everything is there. Okay. The greatest uh, mind readers of the times were the Mishgichim that we had in Slabovka and Avardak from Europe. They're, they know how to read minds that were real psychologists. Not because they went to college, but because they learned the Torah deeply. Because the Torah was written by God, and nobody knows humans better than Hashem. So if you learn the Torah well, you understand human minds and feelings and emotions and trauma, you understand everything, if you delve inside the Torah. Now to answer that question, the answer is this. We are not, in a nutshell, we are not smarter than a Kadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem could do anything to any person. Unfortunately, it should never happen to anybody. But people are also dying left and right. There are people that don't wake up in the morning. So if Hashem chose to give you life that morning, which is why we thank Hashem every single morning. Thank you, Hashem, for giving me my soul back. Why do we thank Hashem that every single morning? Because not necessarily there was a guarantee it would come back. Because Hashem can decide what He wants to do the next morning. So if Hashem gave you the soul that morning and you up, you opened up your eyes, that means what is Hashem saying? 
Hashem is telling you, whatever happened, happened. I'm giving you another day. I'm giving you another yom. So in order for a person to build up his self-esteem, all he has to do is look into life. Wait a minute. Why does Hashem give me life? Not because he wants me to fail, but because he wants to give me another chance. So we're not smarter than our own creator who wrote the Torah, who told us the rules of the Torah, and he's telling you that even though you broke the rules of the Torah and you sinned, but if I'm giving you another day, then obviously trust me, I'm giving you another chance. That's in a nutshell. So if you wake up in the morning, there's no greater proof that Hashem wants you to forget from the past and only look forward and build more Torah and more mitzvot. So it's really all about your perspective. Right. I can, I can wake up in the morning with yesterday or I can wake up in the morning with, hello, I'm alive, today is today. Listen, there's no greater fake news, you know, like Chacham uh, Trump would say, there's no greater fake news <laughs> than uh, yesterday. Where's yesterday? Does yesterday exist? Is yesterday in my pocket? Where, where, where is yesterday? What was last week? Can I, can I take it and put it in a box? And if I put it, where, yesterday doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And there's no tomorrow. Tomorrow is also fake. Only one thing exists is the now. The fact that you're alive this moment is the only reality that's here. What does the Yetzirah do? He makes us think about what happened yesterday. And he makes us think to worry about tomorrow. Or I will do better next year. I will do better in 20 years. And what happens when you think about yesterday and you worry about tomorrow? What happens? You forget about the now and you're never alive. Who is a life person? A person who lives the hove, the now. If you right now do the right thing, you are a life person. If your mind is always what happened, what will happen, then you're not alive. You're not enjoying the moment that Hashem gave you. It's funny because I posted a video on my socials literally last night. And I was in the pizza store doing my famous speeches. And I was saying the following. Depression is obsession over the past. Anxiety is obsession over the future. Optimal growth is obsession over the present moment. Beautiful, Jonathan. You take Hayao of and you make it, magic lo- make it logical. Very so now, now a question on happiness. And this is yeah. another bit of a loaded question. I had someone ask me one time, like they recognized me, and they said, what does happiness mean to you? And I gave them an honest answer. I think happiness is focusing on the present moment. And I elaborated. Happiness is really closeness to Hashem. The more that you relieve, you remove the, the klipot, the layers from your soul, which are the sins, whatever, you get closer to the real, real joy that's inside. But I changed. I don't like that answer anymore. I made a new decision on what happiness is for myself. And I want you to give me what the Torah thinks about this. And I think many people listening can relate. Sometimes people can ask you, how are you doing, Rabbi Rahimi? And you're going to say, Baruch Hashem, good. We always ask each other, how are you doing? Baruch Hashem, good. Baruch Hashem, good. But what does that mean, Baruch Hashem, good? So I thought about it. I think for me, Baruch Hashem, good means that things are not always good. Things sometimes suck. Sometimes I'm tired and I want to go back to Lakewood. And all, you know, like sometimes we have a long day and we're just not feeling good. We just don't <laughs> see hope. We have a mortgage to pay. We have right. bills. We have electric. We have water. We have things going on. So I think that Baruch Hashem good means that happiness is a decision that you make that no matter what happens in my life, I will always fight for my own happiness. I like that. Very good. So first of all, the base of Levi, Bet Levi says something similar to what he said. He said when he would ask the students, the famous Bet Levi, he would ask them, how are you doing? And they'll tell him, Baruch Hashem, Parnas is good. The job is well. And he asked them, no, how are you doing? They said, Baruch Hashem, I'm making good money. My, my family's healthy. He tells them, no, how are you doing? Meaning he tried to tell them, everything you mentioned, how much money I'm making, if my family is healthy, that's all Ptah Baruch When I asked, how are you doing? It means, how are you doing spirituality? The, the things that matter that are up to you in your hands to do good or bad. The things that you have the power in your hands to choose to do to Mitzvot or not to. So when I ask you, how are you doing? It means, how are you succeeding in what decisions that you're able to make? Not Parnas, that's up to Hashem. And that health, that's also up to God. But what to do when it comes to right and wrong, that's up to a person. Now, Rabbi Mendel is a famous rabbi in language. His name is Rabbi Yehuda Mendel. And he said a very, very good point. He says, when a person works, ivdu et Hashem the post says. When a person is oved, what does oved mean? In Hebrew, if you go to work, it's called avodah. When a person works, when a person toils, it's going to be besimcha, you're going to be happy. When a person is born, in the Gemara tells us a ketubot, the last thing you want to have a person is a person that's bored. Because if a person is bored and is not hustling, it will lead to very bad sins, which is why social media is very bad. Unless you do good things like you, but otherwise social media is very bad because it leads to boredom and more boredom, the more sin. A person naturally has to hustle. You got to work, work, work. When a person is Oved and Oved and Oved and he works and it works, it will give him Simcha. So I would say, if somebody... Sorry for, sorry for the cut. We got cut off. Rabbi, as you were saying, 
Right, so what does it mean to be besimcha? What does it mean to be happy? So first of all, um, maybe, maybe it's important to take the word happiness out, even though it's, it, it's helpful. But the, the focus should not be happiness, even though there's a, a 100% guarantee that there will be happiness. The focus should be more, what else can I do? Where else can I work for? You know, there used to be a sign in America, don't ask what the country could do for you. Rather, ask what you could do for your country. That mindset has to be for, as Jews in this world. Don't only ask, what can Hashem do for me? Start asking, how can I help out the world? How can I help out other Jews? How can I spread more Torah? How can I do more chassadim? How can I fundraise more money? Hashem rules the world. But unfortunately, people are abusing God left and right. The liberals are destroying the world. Now, it's a horrible thing that they're destroying the world. But at the same time, it gives us an opportunity to fight for Hashem. Isn't it amazing? Hashem could have chose the Rambam. He could have chose Rashi. He could have chose the Chafetz Chaim. And of all the tzaddikim, and of all the righteous people in all the generations, Hashem chose us, me and you, to be in this generation. Why? That means He believes we can fight all those bad things, all the bad things about God, how evil evil Hashem is, and how God doesn't exist, and do what you want, there's no authority, all the different sayings and slangs that are being said in schools and in the colleges and on social media by the celebrities, by the baseball players, basketball players, by the politicians, all that sheker, all those lies are not true. And what it does is it abuses Hashem. It destroys the name of God. So what's our job as representative of Kadush Baruch Hu is to fight back. How do you fight back for Hashem? You have to fight light with right the, the darkness with light. When you learn Torah, you're fighting for Hashem. When you walk around on Shabbat, let's see with a talit, let's say an ocean parkway. When you walk around with a talit and your tzitzit is flying in the air and the goyim are driving, seeing you going to shul, going to singing on Shabbat, you just fafakalushbarhu. When you show them you're proud of being Jewish and you tell them Hashem exists, and no matter what you say, I will show you Hashem exists, and you follow the laws of the Torah, you are fighting for Akadush Baruch Hu. You're working, you're working, you're working for Hashem. That's what it says, if do it, Hashem is simcha. When you're working, you'll be besimcha, you'll be happiness. Of course there will be happiness, but that shouldn't be the focus. The focus should be work, work, work. So even if a person sinned, I still have to work. I still woke up in the morning, so more Torah, more mitzvot. If actually there's more work, if a person sins, it takes more work to get back up and want to do the right thing. But the ikra should be, mm-hmm. hey, how you doing? The answer should be, I'm working great. Today I beat the Yitzhara 10 times. Today I spread Torah. Today I learned. Today I did this. I made brachot. I made shakoni I made brikat amazon. So Baruch Hashem, how you doing? Should be Baruch Hashem, I'm working hard. Today I fought hard for Kadosh Baruch Hu. And that will lead to happiness. That will lead to happiness? So that no is question. happiness. Uh, that will lead to happiness. Meaning, when you val- listen, happiness lead to what? What happiness? A smile. Listen, you know, if if you actually want to be really theoretical, Jonathan, yes. then there's no lead to happiness. Happiness is right now. There's no reason not to be happy to lead to happiness. Why should you not be happy? I, I don't understand. You're born. Hashem gave you life. He controls everything. If you really believe in Hashem, and Hashem really does in your life, there's no reason not to be happy to lead to happiness. Unless so someone who just lost a loved one. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Why'd you ask me that question? Because people need to hear. I know, but I don't want to be the one to tell them that, even though I have an answer. Give them the answer. Because it's heartbreaking. Honestly, it's heartbreaking. I want to Meaning, hear. all these things are easier said than done. Doesn't mean it's not the truth, but it's easier said than done. I agree with what you're saying. Remove the control uh, from the outcome. Right. Be happy in the moment, no matter what's going on. Because, right. but how do you tell someone that just going through something real right. that? Hashem is doing it because you're strong enough to handle it. That's a beautiful question. So first of all, the you answer... You can do it, that, you know. Hashem is doing it because He wants to make you stronger. I don't want to be stronger. I want them to be here. Good. Or I, want to, I don't want to lose all my money or whatever is going on. True, true. What's the answer to that? There's so many answers. Go ahead. There's clear answers. But first of all, I want to tell you that I lost a nephew last year. Sorry uh, for your Four-year-old. Four-year-old nephew. Unfortunately, got ran over by a car. And I saw how it is, unfortunately, firsthand with my relatives. And it's very hard to say... Sorry for your loss. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it was very sad. But it's very hard to say, oh, you know, sometimes we had people who came to the shiva, and then they mean well, the people that come to the shiva, and they say, I'm sure everything is for the best. Hashem loves exactly. you. Exactly. You hate great. that. <laughs> now, that's a mistake. Why is it a mistake? We were taught in yeshiva not to speak like that in these, in these uh, certain situations. I have to be careful what I say. You're supposed to listen, no? You're supposed to listen. Very good. Which means our job, when it comes to our friend's pain, you never jump and say, don't worry, everything is for the best. No, your job is to say, Oish, that's so painful. I feel so bad for you. How can I help you? That's Ratzon Hashem. That's the answer back. 
Their job, the people that are going through the situation, their job is to tell themselves everything is for the best. But our job as friends is not to tell them everything is for the best unless you're their rabbi or the gadol that's something else. Your job is to share the pain, to compassion. tell them uh, the compassion and tell them that I'm with you. No That's our job. And by the way, we learned that from Avraham Avinu. Very, very interesting point. Avraham Avinu was the greatest leader we had at all times. Avraham Avinu, Moshe Rabbeinu. Avraham Avinu was very holy, right? Can we uh, say that? Yeah, Avraham Avinu? Okay, very good. So Avraham Avinu, when it came to having guests, what did he do? He went, took the cow himself, did Shechita, the slaughtering, and he went also made the barbecue himself. He controlled the kitchen. Isn't that interesting? you ever thought about that? Avraham Avinu, the Gedol Ador. Imagine right now you're going, you would have visited Rechaim Kenevsky or Chacham Imagine you find them in their kitchen, they're making supper, flipping burgers, or hamburgers, this, or putting in the buns. That's not what we see what Gedolim do. But Avram Avinu, try to put yourself in the picture where the Torah says, he literally made the food for the guests. This may sound crazy, but I can see it because he didn't think he was that big. Ooh, I like that. But first of all, he spoke to God, so he did think he was that big. He told Hashem, yeah, but good he, point. He knew, he knew how to, to, to humble himself. Oh, so that's just, the just because I'm this big doesn't mean I can't do normal things. So that's the le- very good. So it says the Archimachal, exactly what you just said. Not everyone is at that level. And not every Godel is supposed to, it's different generations have, uh, you know, different um, accommodations. accommodations or whatever you're saying. <laughs> but Avraham Avinu, <laughs> you're a very high vocab, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, you went to college or something? Didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm graduating with a degree. It's not help. It didn't help anything. You know, I saw a nice cartoon. You know, like in car washes uh, in Israel, there's good car washes and bad car washes. Some car washes, your car goes in dirty, comes out clean. Some car washes, your car comes out clean, comes out dirty. So I thought that the colleges are like that. People come in all innocent to colleges, but then they come out, <laughs> even their minds are even more corrupt and even more ruined than they came in the first place. That's you have to be very careful which colleges you go to. You know, it happened to some of my friends. They were very normal guys. We were able to hang out. They said they want to go for a degree. Well, okay, perfectly fine, nice, awesome. And then they came out majnunim. Like, they got divorced to their wives. They don't want to have any more children because it's pollution. Because they're a total heresy. It's a problem. It's a problem. Colleges are important, but be careful where you go for it, yes. I went to Turo. They taught me, I had to take a class, a prerequisite of Christian courses. They taught me about medieval, you know, the heresy. right, right. The idea about college is that you're going to a place for four years. It goes against what we believe in. We believe in getting married, starting your life young. You're going to a place where you're constantly tested with the Yetzirah. Lonely nights of studying. So much work to do. Obviously, you're going to want to let loose a little bit. Go tell someone in college to, to you know, go study Torah or something. It's hard for them. They're studying all day. Their brain is, is, is killed. The system is horrible. Uh, it's a problem. I agree with you. The, 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 where you need the Torah the most is in these college it's universities. Co- I know, I know, I know. Listen, college is a different topic, but it definitely is an issue, and you see it. It really, you know, it really goes against the Torah. Rabbi Hanan Wasserman, Hashem Yinkondomo, who passed away in the Holocaust. People choose it over a year in Israel or a year in seminary. Like, people don't... They don't realize it. They don't realize that this year is foundational that's going to hold up the rest of your life. The more religious you are now, the more religious your kids are going to be. That's really what it boils down to. By the way. Yeah, because whatever you learn now is how you're gonna choose your, your decisions. Right. Strong in the foundation, that's right. The that one year is impactful. But it's even past that year. People believe in colleges too much. You have to look at a college like a hospital. Let's say somebody's not well shalom, and you have to go to the emergency room. You gotta go because you gotta go. College has to be the same mindset. You I gotta, gotta go, go to college. Let's say you're one of those that thinks in order to make money, you got to go to college. It's also wrong because there's tons of chassidim when everyone went to college or are richer than the college guys. They're not even speaking English. They don't, they don't even know how to write checks. And what about all the series and Flatbush? I mean, they're making tons of money. These guys did not go to college. It's, just, it's totally not true. But if you're one of those that believes you got to go to college, at least look at it like the reality that you got to do because you got to do it. But it's not your life. You're or not you want to do, you have college. to go to get a degree for it. You want to become a doctor. You want to be fine. You have to go to college. You have right. no way around it. But when your mindset is because I have to, then you never get attached to the college. It doesn't become your life. Your life is still Hashem and Torah. Happens to be, I go to college. You know, the Rambam. People love using the Rambam when they talk about colleges because the Rambam was the doctor. The Rambam was this. The Rambam was this. <laughs> so I you, love this. No, you have a very simple answer to them. The Rambam himself wrote Shal Satshuva Sefer, questions and answers back and forth. This is Shishan Pinkus quotes. And the Rambam answered somebody who asked him this question. How did you learn medicine and all these things while you're a genius in Torah? The Rambam, you're a genius in Torah. You're such an Ish Kadosh. Holy, you're so close to Hashem. How did you learn other subjects? 
Because technically, according to the Torah, you're not allowed to learn other subjects. You know, there's a school in South America where they ask Chacham of Yosef that the government wants to make the Jewish elementary schools learn other subjects except Torah. Chacham of Yosef told them better to close the school wow. than to have the school open. Do you know the Nitziv who lived in Europe way before the Holocaust, the Heiligen Nitziv, he built, most of his life he worked on building in yeshiva. That means you got to go fundraising, you got to work hard and hard. When the government forced him to start teaching other subjects in the yeshiva, he closed down the yeshiva. And he was so heartbroken from it, you should just know. He was so heartbroken, he got sick from it, the Nitziv. But you see that from our rabbis, don't think it's so simple, because I know many rabbis said not like that. Very pro-college, we will, it's not true. There's a very big chance, and it's, this is a warning, there's a very big chance, according to Hashem, going to colleges and being influenced by the culture of the non-Jews, especially by those liberals, there's a very big chance you're going against the will of God. And you have to be very careful, because you're playing with fire. And this whole excuse, I got to get a good job, a good degree, who says that's the right answer? You got to be very, very careful with these things. So basically, the so Rambam... someone a second option. First of all, second option is to be poor. What, you'd rather be rich and be against Hashem, or you'd rather be poor and be pro-Hashem? I'll take the poor side. I don't know about you, but everybody else, Mr. Jonathan, you also take that side. Is that a genuine answer? Oh, yes, I really believe it. I really and believe it. What do you mean it. by rich and against Hashem? Because if, let's say you go to college that was very liberal, and let's say they succeeded in influencing you the wrong way, and they're doing pretty bad stuff these days. I see it assimilation. I see it firsthand. I have friends who really believe in not having kids anymore. It's, it's just, I think it's straight up against because the shadow. of the ideas that they touch. Of you. pollution or something. I don't know what they're talking about. What? Pollution or something? What they come up with is, 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 is outlandish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very weird things. And really, a, a person, that, okay, whatever, there's a lot of bad subjects going on over there. They, they really succeeded in influencing the go against the shadow. Now, what, what, what kind of life is that? So you became a doctor. Okay, whoopee doo. Therefore, what? But you're going against Hashem. How does that make any sense? So you lived this world as a doctor for 40 years. And then you turn 90, you don't have teeth, and you're about to pass away, and you live on insurance, and then you're going to face Hashem forever and ever and ever. Not for 40 years, forever and ever. What are you going to tell Hashem forever and ever and ever? I went to college against your own will. Is it worth it? It's not worth it. Many people don't even, many doctors don't even make money. That's true. And right. lawyers. Right, right, right. Actually, one doctor once told me that in Jersey. She just know. Because I had to get a, what's that thing going down all year? I had a, no, a lot of, I have uh, acid reflux. Mm-hmm. So you had to do that. Uh, what's it called? With the camera down your throat. I forgot what it's called. Yeah. Whatever it is. So I told him, how much do you get paid? He's like, actually nothing. Because you got paid only by the clinic and you hardly got paid for anything. He was complaining how I went to college for so many years, he doesn't make any money. Sad case, huh? How did we get to this? I'm actually very happy that we came. You were talking about the, the Rambam. Oh, so the Rambam. Okay, so let me see what the Rambam answered. The Rambam said, I'm going to answer you with a mashad, with a parable. He said, imagine you have a house, a wealthy house. Now, Baruch Hashem, the husband has a wife, one wife. But then he has other women in the house. Now, according to the colleges, I'm being a racist or something. But one woman is cleaning the floor. One woman is uh, cooking. One woman is uh, cleaning. One woman is cooking. It's called a chademe over here in Brooklyn. We call it chademe, like maidservants. He says, they can be in the house. As long as the husband knows he has one wife. And then there's workers. The Rambam says this? The Rambam says that. But as soon as the husband starts feeling a certain feeling of love or connection to the other woman except the wife, that's when these women have to get out of the house. Says the Rambam. How do you know when that, that's going to happen automatically? So says the Rambam. My life and my love is a Kadosh Baruch Hu in Torah. And he said on himself, God is my witness that my love in my heart is only Hashem. It's the Rambam. You talk about the Rambam. I feel even uncomfortable talking about him, how holy the Rambam. Who am I to even say the word Rambam? But he said, Hashem can testify in my heart, says the Rambam. My only love and my only passion, I live and I breathe only for Kadosh Baruch Hu. And all the other subjects that I learned from medicine are only like the maidservants in the house. I have no connection to them. No spiritual connection whatsoever. They're only here to work for me. I'm only learning science as a work, but nothing to do with my life. It's not my priority. It's not my ambitions. It's only a subject. Now, you want to tell me, that's what they always quote Rambam, but they miss this point. What is your life? Is your life college? Is your life politics? Is your life sports? And also Hashem? And also Torah? 
Or is your life Torah, Virat Shamaim? You want to be a righteous person. You want to be a tzaddik. You want to become a holy, holy person. But you need a good parnassah. So you got to go to college. You got to do what you got to do. If you have that mindset, then fine. Then fine. But if your mindset is, I got to go to college. And then I also go to shul once in a blue moon. And you love in your heart is college. Then you're going against the Kaddish Baruch You're going against God. So I have like four questions for you. But I want to do one step at a time. Number one, remember the whole uh, light switching idea? Life, uh, light switch flipping right, right, manifestation. Right. Yeah, can you give a little more of a, of a rebuke about why college is bad? Because I feel like the people listening, they, they don't, they still don't get the point. It's it's bad, you know. It's very bad. Give a little more of, okay. So if I don't go to college, and I don't, and I drop everything that I'm doing, Rabbi, what do I do? Okay, that's a beautiful question. What do I do tomorrow? Um, because because people feel safe when they're in like a protected system. Right. Like you're in yeshiva, you're calm. You're in college, you're calm. The second that you finish all these systems, which is really just some type of uh, an idea to keep you in there, and you actually go into the real world, like, well, I have to get a job now. I have to pay bills. I have to yeah. have responsibility. That's a good question. The answer is, first of all, there are people that went to colleges and they're, they have Yerat Shammai. I just want to make that clear. I know doctors that really, really are God-fearing people. And there are many doctors that do tremendous, beautiful things. I'm not taking any credit away from these people. But to answer that question, you know, how should I answer in a nutshell? I look at it like this. I look at it like, imagine who's the wealthiest guy in the world right now? Uh, Elon Musk. Does yeah. he have any children? I think he does. I think one. Okay, let's see. Okay, so let's say Donald Trump, for example, whether you like him or not. Okay, let's say you take Donald Trump Jr. He's a wealthy guy. His father's Donald Trump. Imagine you have to convince him, Donald J. Trump, please don't work in CVS. I beg you, don't work in CVS. You don't have to convince Donald Jane Trump not to work in McDonald's CVS. He thinks highly of himself. Exactly. Imagine he starts breaking to you, but Yaakov, how am I going to make money? How am I going to pay the bills? Dude, Donald Trump is your father. I don't even know what you're talking about. What are you worried about? Mm. Why would you work in CVS? I love this answer. So I'm saying to all the college, to all the Jewish kids who want to go to college, the way I look at you, and I mean it, I'm not faking it, is I look at it like, you're not aware of who you are. You are the son and daughter of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. What are you worried about? And why do I have to beg you not to go to college? Do you realize how you're lowering what your value is? You're like Donald Trump Jr. that's working in CVS. That makes no sense. Donald Trump is your father. Go on the world. Why would you work in CVS? A Jewish boy is the son and daughter of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. You were born to control the world, by the way, and do good things, good things with it. Why would you go to college? I don't even know. Why would you want to go to college? Why waste your life in these things? But then they're going to come back at you and say, but Rabbi, we have to do our hishtadlut. We have to do our efforts. Oh, that's such nonsense. Hashem, thing. Hashem doesn't want someone to just uh, lay around and expect money to come. That's I have not to true. do my part. But that's not true. See, that, that comes from the Yetzalah. And that's not fair. But you need a plan, and you have to make you do your no, part. No, we don't. We don't need the opposite. It's very logical. <laughs> the, you see, literally the opposite of the Torah. That's what's important to read the Torah. It's very important. The opposite is true. Hashem does not want you to plan. The more you plan, the more you think everything is in your hands. The more you think everything is in your hands, the more Hashem is going to say, fine, you think you're the boss? Take care of yourself. I'm out. The more you show Hashem, I'm not the boss. And therefore, I can't plan, the more Hashem kicks into your life and takes care of you. It's like a child. Baruch Hashem and I just had a baby like a month ago. That baby is crazy, that baby boy. Why? Because when I hold him, he's moving all over. How does he know, how does he trust his father so much to hold on to him while he's moving around? He can fall in a second. The answer is, he knows that I know he trusts me. So I'm really making sure the baby is safe at all times. But as the baby matures, they start thinking that they're the bosses of the world and they want the parents out of the picture, the less safe they are. So too when it comes to Hashem. The more you know you're a baby and you're in the hands of God, the more Hashem kicks in and takes care of you. The more you think you don't need Him, the more He actually distances Himself from you. you got to be very careful from that. So, now so the, that last you, the less you plan, the better, if anything. So now that we understand the daily mindset and the focus of, okay... I'm going out and this is my goal and Hashem is in control and everything is going to be taken care of. Now comes in the work. It's, it's one thing to say that you're a ma'amin and you believe. Now it's another whole thing entirely to actually show that you believe. And if, if it's a woman in, in, in the university, dress modest. Make hafrashat uh, chala parties. Get everybody involved. If you're a guy in college, the same thing. Make a minyan. Get people involved. Wear tefillin. Do things. You have to actually practice. Right. Correct? 
hundred percent. You're bringing a very good point. I have relatives in Israel that are not religious yet. Hopefully Many people say I'm, I'm, I'm religious in my and heart. <laughs> Let me answer that. I have relatives in Israel that are not religious. One time we had a fight with them to bring this point home. We had a fight with them. How come the religious guys in Israel and the yeshivas don't usually go to the army? So we had a whole argument. And they told me, how come you're not going to the army? So I told them, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm learning Torah. Then I told them, how come you don't keep Shabbat? Before you ask me why I'm not in the army, let me ask you, why are you not keeping Shabbat? So they answered me, I need the Tibalev. I'm religious at heart. The Tibalev. Oh. So I told them, okay, I'm a soldier at heart. They told me, you can't just be a soldier at heart. Oh. You have to take the guns and go shoot. You can't just say you're religious at heart. Go start keeping Shabbat. Who do you think you are? It's the same thing. A person can't walk around all day and say, I'm religious at heart. We don't get to decide what's religion. Hashem gets to decide what's religion. And you wrote everything clearly what it means to be religious. I love this now, point. the heart makes a big difference. You mm-hmm. should just know. If the heart is there, it's very important. But a person has to practice Judaism. You got to listen. What it boils down to is you got to listen to God. You can't outsmart a Kaddish Baruch Hu. He runs the world. Trust Him. Uh, connect Him as much as possible. The more you connect Him, the happier you will be. I love this point that you just brought out because many people, they like to say, oh... Well, I'm religious in my own way. No, I always tell them, no, you're not religious in your own way. Hashem designed a system and you have to go by this system. People don't like that idea because it means like I have to bring down my ego. And I, I don't, I don't want to do that. But that's the whole idea of being right. religious is to be, to be humble. To let go of your ego. Look, right. look at the Gedolim. You know, who are we to even... So I have another question for you. Right here. And we're going to... Yeah. So I have another question for you, and it's going to be going back to something we were talking about before, which is really the whole idea of this podcast, and I'm happy that we actually had to switch rooms and everything, because it brought us all to this very pivotal point, which is going to make a big difference. Believing in yourself is is in essence the idea of believing that I'm worth something. I'm a Jew. I have value. And with this value, I can conquer the world. Now, there's, there's a difference between religion and feelings and mental health. Can we agree? It's not all the same. But when you believe and you tune in to the best version of yourself, which is that Jewish part of you, and you don't just say, okay, now I'm working, so I'm going to be this person at work. Now I'm in shul, I'm going to be Jewish. Now I'm at home, I'm going to be a son to my parents. I think you should play those roles, but be your best self everywhere you go. Don't just listen to a class and feel fired up for five minutes. Don't just live your life and, and, and be someone else here, be someone else there, be a, be a fake person to this person, be a real person to that person. You have to carry your true self and believe that you can be that true best self everywhere you go. T- tune into the best version of yourself, the version of you that wants to give, the version of you that wants to listen and to be there for people and to give tzedakah and to, to run around and do chesed and to do everything. That's the best version of you that has to be on this place 24-7. You can't just, you know, be religious all week and then Saturday night go to the club. You can't just be religious all year and then in the summer when the weather gets nice, you do something else. Or when you go to Miami for winter break, you go to a mixed beach. You can't do that. You have to take who you really are everywhere you go. And when you don't do that, it leads to all these different things that we like to name. Guilt, shame, depression, anxiety. These are all just titles of us not tuning into our greater self, which makes us feel bad about ourselves. And then we just label it with all these codes, you could say. Right. So what's exactly the question? The question is, how does if a per- I may ask. The question is, how does a person tune in and believe that they are worthy of being a Jew? And when you decide that you're worthy of being a Jew, how do you be a Jew? How do you really be a Jew? Okay, so defi- you're asking what defines a Jew? No, I'm asking how do you believe that you can be a Jew? What do you mean believe... It's like saying, how do I believe there's a couch here? I don't have to believe there's a couch here. The couch is here. To take pride in that statement and to practice it. Some, it may sound crazy, but some people I've spoken to, they say, I, I don't believe that I can do it. What, be a good Jew? Believe that you can tap into the best version of yourself at any given oh, moment. Oh, that's what you're asking. Okay, the Rambam, very good. The Rambam, very yeah, good. Like, wake up tomorrow morning. Very good, very good. Yesterday, but this. You're, very good. So the Rambam, very interesting point. I, by the way, I only discovered this mindset a couple of years ago. That's how naive I was. A couple of years ago, I would go around and give speeches and speak to people, and I will prove it to them from the Torah, how no matter what happened in the past, no matter how a person sinned, 
they can right now become a righteous person. And that's literally what Hashem says all over the books. It's just, now if you open up this farm, they really say it, that a person can really become the most righteous person if he works himself now, although the past happened and there was a very, very bad history. But if you want to change, you can do it now. Meaning Hashem is giving us the keys and the green light to succeed. It's all over the Torah. So sometimes I would tell it to people, and sometimes they would come over to me and tell it to me, I wish I never heard your speech. I was like, why would you say that? I just gave you self-esteem. I gave you confidence. I told you how you could be chuzah b'teshuvah. They tell me because I like it the way it was until now. I like to feel guilty and know that I can change because I'm too lazy to change. Isn't that an interesting mindset? No, and then I saw the Rambam. The Rambam writes in the Teshuvah, the laws of repenting. He, he has a whole list of what causes a person not to repent and be a good Jew. One of the things that he lists, I was shocked when I read it. One of the things that the Rambam lists is a person that does not want to hear, he can do Teshuvah. He doesn't want to hear, or she doesn't want to hear, I can't repent. They'd rather hear, I can't repent. I'm a bad Jew. There's no hope. I'm going to be reformed my whole life. I'm never going to change. Some people, they're so lazy, they don't even want to hear the truth, how powerful the Neshamot really are, how powerful the souls really are, how they can take over the world and be a good person. So to answer your question, the answer is make sure you're not one of those that's so lazy, so super lazy in your mind and you don't even realize it. You know, and I'm talking to myself also. So super lazy that sometimes you really don't want to hear the truth that you can be great. Because if I hear I can be great, that means I have to start working and I don't want to start working. So how does a person believe that he's a Jew? Like I answered you before, it's like asking me, do you believe there's a couch here? You know, liberals speak like that. They can tell you, this is not a couch. This is a car. You know, they can start claiming weird things. This is not a wall. This is a pizza store. They start denying reality in front of their faces. No, they really are. This is a guy. This is a girl. This is a girl. This is a guy. They deny reality, I'm which is why... <laughs> you know, my, my, uh, my, <laughs> my brother had a good point. He says, if, um, if a lady calls him a misogynist, like you said... And he says, so according to them, why can't I say I'm a lady? So I'm not a misogynist, according to their mindset. <laughs> it could go the other way too. Just like you. But I'm saying the liberals believe in denying reality, which is why the biggest God deniers are the liberals, because they live a life of denial, 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 which is why they hate, you should just know, they hate themselves the most, which is why they hate the whole world. The leaders of the world, the good people, are the people that love themselves. You got to love yourself to help others, whether it's always a rule. You got to love yourself. You got to respect yourself. You got to know your self-esteem. You got to know how much value you have. Only then can you start helping other people. But you first have to value who you are. It's like a cup that's full of wine. The only way it can spill over, only if it's full all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. When you're full, when you know how much your value is, and it takes, by the way, a split second, it's a light switch, like you said. You just have to turn on the light in your mind to know your value, how powerful you are. And it's not me talking, it's God. Every single Jew has to read the Sidu in the morning. We all read the same words in Tefillah. Me, you, Chacham Avad Yosef, the Rambam and Rashi, we all read the same Sidu. We're talking to the same God. You know, when Lahavdil Elif Avdalot, it was just his yard site, Martin Luther King, right? He said, all, all men were created equal. Is that the Constitution? I don't even know which one is it. Constitution of Martin Luther King. One of them said it. Them. All men were created equal. What does it mean all men are created equal? So the Zohar explains. He says every single person is created equal in this world. I, there's a difference between me and Rechaim Kinevsky. Equal opportunity. They're very good. The answer is, that's a big word you just said. It's a very big statement. The answer is we all have the same equal opportunities. So the reason why a tzaddik is better than me, the reason why Chacham is better than me is a very simple reason why. Because Chacham utilizes life a lot more than me. But the opportunities are the same. Now, not every person is going to be the biggest famous rabbi. Not every person is going to sit and learn all day. But wherever you are in the world, you have a chance to follow Hashem. Whether you're at work, whether you're in college, whether you're a barber, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're at home, whether you're shopping, wherever you are in the world, you have a chance to serve Hashem as much as possible. Which is why being Orthodox is a beautiful thing. I once had an interview with a reform lady. And she said, Hashem should forgive her. She said the reason why she loves reform and she left orthodoxy is because orthodoxy gives you the feeling that you got to take God with you outside of the synagogue. Reform gives you permission to leave God in the synagogue and then you go live your life. Do you hear that statement? And that's what it means to be a Jew. To be a Jew is to take Hashem not only in the shul. Sounds like a narcissist. But to take Hashem. <laughs> but to take Hashem wherever you are in the world. Wherever you're going, you got to take Hashem. It says in the Torah, Kedoshim Tihiyu, be holy wherever you are. You could be in Alaska, you could be in Africa, Kedoshim Tihiyu, wherever that you are. That moment be holy, right. Yeah. Yes. So, 
it's funny because I think in the world we need more podcasts about self-esteem and about belief and about growth and sources from the Torah. People nowadays, they go to get their boots from a Jordan Peterson or Andrew Tate or Joe Rogan. Have you heard of these names before? Andrew Tate, I heard. My brother's told me about him on Shabbat. Yes. People are going to, yeah. these, to these goyim and getting their dose of self-esteem and their yeah. dose of confidence when they can get it and it can make them feel good. But they take that inspiration and do something wrong. We, we need more in the world of actual Torah proof and Torah study and Torah knowledge and why you should feel good about it. But yourself. it's all there. But it's already all there. It's all, how do I know about it? Because I read it. How much can you spoon feed already? I mean, what? Let's say you get people self-esteem. Okay, let's say you make a podcast. Why is someone more convinced when I go... You know why? Because a lot... It's less demanding, that's why. No, a lot of rabbis, they have this big beard and it's like a little scary. It's like, okay, now I gotta... You know, but it's easy to look at someone who's a little more relatable. That's, that's a good point. It's also less demanding. You know, they always ask a famous question. If Judaism is so real, why is there more Christians in the world than Jews? The answer is, if all I have to do is go to church on Sunday, it's easier to be Christian than Jew. That's what it boils down to. Why is it so hard for a Jew to admit God exists than a guy? Because for a guy to admit God exists, all it means is that Jesus was real and I have to go to church on Sunday. For a Jew to admit God exists, it comes with a lot of weight. So you have to carry a lot of water. It means Shabbat. It means kosher. It means kippah. It means tzitzit. It means learning. So people have a harder time admitting the truth that God exists because it takes, it carries more weight. So so too when it comes to a lot of these teenagers, the reason why they look at Andrew Tate and whatever they look at is because it's less demanding. Let's see Andrew Tate is right. All it means is that he's right. That's where it starts. That's where it ends. But if a rabbi is right, if he's right, that means the whole Torah is right. If the whole Torah is right, that means I got to keep Shabbat. I got to keep kosher. Gotta, so they don't even want to go there in the first place. But they're making a mistake because they're living a life of denial. And the more you deny the reality in your life, the less happier you will be. Well, the thing is, when you, when you say like a guy, Andrew Tate is right, he's promoting a very aggressive form of self-love. It's a lot of cursing. It's a lot of slander. I don't really know who he is. I heard him from my, my brothers. I mean, he's like in Rome or something. They told me a, a lot of what he says is putting you down. It's like you're a loser. Change your life. Is he wrong? No. But change your life in what way? Get rich and then feel good? Ew, no. I hope not. Oh, yeah. He's a guy. He's not religious, is he? He's a what guy, yeah. But, he's Christian? But what does it mean to feel good if you're... If you're a Jewish person, then you have more meaning and purpose and value in your life. Well, you're bringing in a very good point. Why, why does our neshama connect to that? Why do we connect to what he's saying? Well, first of all, people can dirty because, the neshama. Because, because technically, if yeah. you do go out and hustle and get it and become rich, you'll feel good about yourself. You, right. you, you did something, but what did you really do? Like, it's easy to say, oh, I feel good in the moment when you don't have money. Because you didn't really challenge yourself. Meaning, what I'm trying to say is that people can sometimes, they can be comfortable with this reality of the now just because they're Jewish and just because they're religious but really there's more for them to do and they right. just don't believe that they can do that it's all, it's all starts here of course if you listen to Andrew Tate it's like a, you know I have a friend that listens to really bad I don't know if he does, still does but I used to learn with him he would come uh, in my house blasting bad rap music like the low lives of the low lives like really dirty stuff and I will tell them, honest question, why would you listen to such music? And we started speaking about it. The answer was that he felt so low about himself, so he listened to low music. And it's almost like, uh, it's like asking a Chinese guy, why do you have so much Chinese food? Because I'm Chinese, I have Chinese food, you know? So why does a guy listen to such bad music? Because I'm a bad guy, I listen to bad music. If a person listens to Andrew Tate, that means, uh, no offense, but yes offense, if you listen to Andrew Tate as advice, that means you're not holding in a very good place in your life as we speak. Because you're better than Andrew Tate. It makes no sense. You're much holier. You're a son and daughter of a Kaduj Baruch Hu. Are you that bored that you need Andrew Tate to tell you advice when the Torah is so... Is Hashem that bad, God forbid? Is the Torah that boring, chas v'shalom, that you have to go to Andrew Tate to hear common sense? Come on. Don't offend Hashem that much. You know, Hashem loves you. Hashem gave you life. The Torah is so beautiful. You live only once. Just do the right thing, enjoy life, follow the Torah, and don't let anybody, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, don't let anybody intercept and kidnap the beauty of Judaism away from you. Whether it's family, whether it's rabbis that unfortunately give you the wrong feeling about Judaism, don't let them take away the beauty away from you because you can have an awesome life. All you're going to do is trust the Kadosh Baruch Hu. Beautiful, that's what I wanted to hear. And one last point before we end, I just want to bring it up. I shouldn't put it into my head. 
as you know now it's Shobavim and I feel it's really really important to talk about it even not to go into depth about it and drive you crazy but just a quick inspiration for men and for women who have had uh, sexual transgressions against God meaning wasted, wasting seed all these different topics this is like the biggest biggest cause of feeling bad about yourself and if it's a woman obviously not dressing the proper way attracting the wrong people getting the wrong attention this is like the core and the foundation of the universe when a man doesn't guard his eyes and when a woman doesn't dress properly it creates what God basically doesn't want right. it ruins everything then you can go deeper and say, well, the woman's father didn't give her validation, so she has to go get it from other people. And the, the kid, he is lonely. What's the cure? Okay, but first of all, to it, answer your question... Because if you stop... I, I know that it says in the Torah, it's a small organ in your body. The more you feed it, the, the whole thing... Yeah, I don't want too many details. Okay. About this topic, okay, if you don't mind, I'm Jonathan, because my rabbis taught me in the yeshivas that I grew up in, they taught us not to talk about these topics. Because they felt very strong. For example, the Shivas and I went in, our rabbis never brought this topic up. And they did it for a reason. Meaning, you're never going to find Chacham Ovadi Yosef, who's our leader. You're never going to find him talking about this topic. Why not? Because they know this topic specifically. Yeah. And it's written. They know that the solution, you asked what the solution is, so their rabbis already answered it. The solution to this issue is, if anything, the less you talk about it, the better. Because they feel if you talk about it, it can make things worse. Which is why Nishivot they never talk about it. You give it energy. You give it energy. And the second answer is, don't focus on it. Learn Torah, everything will heal. When a person learns, so let's say a person is going through these type of sins. Okay, he's going through a hard time. You know what the solution is? Don't think about it. Do not think about it. But commit to learn Gemara. If you're a boy, learn Gemara. If you learn Gemara... It will transform your life and it will melt. It will, this Yitzhara will disappear. It will melt away. And the girl? The girls, they have to work on, listen, first of all, they got to get married. Girls need a guy, okay? So the girls, the younger you are, the more Why mature. Why do they need a guy? That's what it, well, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing that they need a guy. And that's why Hashem created the world. They need a man in their life. Women are not, you know, the Gemara tells us, women are not men. Men think very differently than the girls. Which is why there's a lot more tzinyut questions for men to the women than women to the men. Because women don't think like guys. Women are a lot more mature. You know, a girl becomes bat mitzvah when she's 12, a boy when he's 13. Why? Says the, chida, really she's 10. <laughs> says the chida because girls mature faster. Yeah. Girls are always more mature than men. That is always the rule. Why do the, how come girls don't have Torah? If the only way you can beat the Yetzirah is if you learn, and girls don't have Torah, how can they beat the Yetzirah? Says the Chidat, girls are so powerful and so big in spirituality, they're so strong, they don't need Torah to beat the Yetzirah. It's true. Men need Torah. Weaker. So about the girls, I'm going to let others answer that question. Like if my wife was here, I'm sure she can give you 50 answers. Okay, but me as a rabbi to the men, I can tell my rabbis taught me, Chacham Avadi Yosef taught us, the, more, the less you talk about this topic, and I know other rabbis don't hold like that. I'm aware of all the other rabbis that talk about it. And there are some rabbis that make, make it like they're flag of all speeches. I don't even know why they do that. I, don't even, I never heard of such a thing in my I life. I know who you're talking about. But I don't even know why they do that. I, no gado, I can tell like this. No Gedol Hadar speaks like that. No real leader. Rechaim Kenevsky, Chacham Ovadia, Rebel Yasher, the Rosh Shivot. Our leaders in general, the Chafetz Chaim. You ever said the Chafetz Chaim talk about such a thing? The Chafetz doesn't even talk about it. Why well, can they not talk about it? It's one of the biggest sins in the Torah. Why don't they talk about it? It's not even mentioned in the Torah. Uh, it actually is, is mentioned. What no, like mean? in the five books, I'm saying. It's, it's, it's mentioned. I mean, it, doesn't, it is mentioned, though. I heard it's not mentioned because of how disgusted God is by it. Oh, no, no, very good. You're saying a different point. Hashem never says words straight up when it comes to these topics. He probably does that in, with, with the reason. Miramis. He's always yeah. hinting. Because Hashem does not like to talk about these topics. But it is written in the Torah. This, it's one of the biggest sins in the Torah. Maybe that's why Hashem hinted to it, to show you that I don't really want to talk about oh, it. Oh, You, you shouldn't like do it either. Very good. But it definitely is meant. One of the biggest sins is this thing. It's one of the biggest issues. You just know it. It's Ma'akev the Giwala. Isn't it, it the fa- from isn't it your foundation like? Yosef HaTzadik represents the Yisod. And the Yisod represents these sins. Yes, 100%. It's one of the things that's Ma'akev the Giwala. It stops the Giwala from Mashiach to come. We're not denying that it's one of the biggest problems. The question is, how do we take care of the problem? So, what my rabbis taught me and the Chachamim taught us is, yeah. no, no, no. The less you talk about it, but the more you deal with it. Tackle it. How do you tackle it? Learn Gemara. 
Start learning about open up a Baba Kama, open up a Kedushin, get yourself a rabbi and start learning. The more you put yourself in Torah, guaranteed the Yet Sarah will melt. You're not even got you're not gonna have desires for these things. Everything's gonna go down. Everything's gonna go down. The Yikar is you gotta learn Torah. Don't focus on it. Move forward and start learning. That sin will disappear. That's the answer I can give you. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I thank you for coming today on the podcast. We had a great time having you. I'm sure the viewers are very ecstatic at the end of this. Um, the podcast is sponsored by. Sponsored? Yes. Okay. Um, can I do for Leonie Shmat, my grandfather? Yeah, go ahead. Leonie Shmat Yosef Ben Avraham. Just passed away a couple months ago. May his memory be a blessing. Um, Amen. Speak about the, the program that you do. Oh, right. I forgot. That's what I can. Very good point. Okay, so basically, if any of the listeners want to learn Torah, oh, we just discussed it, look at that, if anybody wants to start learning, now classes are important and classes are beautiful to get you to a certain uh, spot or position in your life to really start learning. It's boys only or? It's for boys and girls. Oh, boys Whoever and girls. wants to start learning Torah with a mentor on the phone, the boys will get rabbis and the girls will get rabbinsons. Learn one-on-one on the phone, free of charge. Wherever you are. Wherever you are in the Hashim world. to you. Wherever you are in the world, you can yeah. start learning Torah. If you're interested, you can email me, yaakovrahimi at jimma.com, Y-A-A-K-O-V-R-A-H-I-M-I at jimma.com. We started this program a couple months ago, and as of today, I deserve a mazatov. We reached 134 people matched up just from the Instagram and TikTok page. Isn't that amazing? Just today, we had an Israeli doctor from Manhattan who said, I need a chavuta, I want to start learning Torah, and we matched with today with Torah mates. Wow. So whoever is interested in learning Torah, don't feel intimidated. Email us. We'll match up. Start learning Torah and we'll change your life. I'm going to put the email in the description. Uh, one last sponsor. I'm also sponsoring this podcast and all the podcasts. I want to know if the rabbi can give me a shout out. I opened a clothing brand called I Want What You Want Hashem. You what? I opened a clothing brand called huh? I Want What You Want Hashem. I Want You Want Hashem? I Want What You Want Hashem. Like in the Pekavo. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. So the whole idea behind this, it's clothing and it's items and it's many different things, is to spiritually motivate you. Nice. Because, because when you make what you want something that Hashem wants, He's gonna make what you want something that He wants, and it'll hopefully give people the motivation to align their goals with what Hashem wants. Very good. Is that Hashem? Do you support the cause? Yes. If you're doing it, yes. Hazakabaro. <laughs> <laughs> any any last words for the people? Appreciate being a Jew because life is short and have fun. You only live once. So serve Hashem as much as possible. That I can say. One more thing. What? I feel it. I feel it. One more yeah, thing for the yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One more thing for the people. Yeah. Give it. You, oh, you're asking me? Or? One last piece. Um, don't underestimate who you are. Don't compromise in your life. Uh, appreciate being a born a Jew, and I really mean it. I see it. You gotta appreciate what it means to be a Jew, to be a Yudi. The more you appreciate what it means to be a Jew, the more you will succeed. And the more self esteem you're gonna have, and not because it's a fairy tale. I'm not giving you a trick like in therapy, like breathe in, breathe out, breathe out. I'm not saying one of those things. I'm telling you reality. You're a Jew. Hashem chose you. There's no greater compliment. So appreciate it and live up to it, and don't let anybody take you down. Whether it's Family members, whether it's parents, whether it's uncles, whether it's friends, whether it's employees, don't let anybody take you down and tell you to compromise and tell you that you're never going to make it, you're never going to succeed. It is not true. You can become a leader in the world in Judaism, whether it means you work or you learn. That's not the point. You become a leader. You lead people. You spread Torah. You fight for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You fight for Hashem. There's no greater honor than being the ambassadors of God in this world. But very important. Believe in yourself because Hashem believes in you. Mm. The only person you have to impress in life is Hashem. Baruch Hu. The only thing, not person, the only thing is Akadosh Baruch Hu. That's Zakum it. Baruch. Zakum Baruch.